Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles now to the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And um, that, that theme, I belong to you, is so, so strong um, here in this fourth chapter in the one verse that we're going to look at today, this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4, um, starting in verse 12 here in a moment. Um, listen, there, there's a lot I want to say today um, on a lot of different subjects. And, and uh, I, know, I know there's at least two things. At least, at least two things that I, that I wanted you to hear today as a church family. Um, know, know today um, that you are loved. Know today that you are appreciated. And, and, and your service to the Lord is a blessing, every bit of it. Um, it is a joy uh, to be able to, to serve alongside of you. And, and so as a pastor, you just, you just make my heart so glad um, uh, to see you, uh, your love and your care for others, your your generosity, uh, your devotion to the Lord, um, uh, your witness in this community and, and beyond. Uh, it is noticed and, and it's appreciated. And, and what you do in Jesus' name makes a difference for the kingdom of God. So, so thank you for all that you do. I, I want you to understand that, that every area of service that, that you partake in, it is important. And you are the, the body of Christ. And I want you to know that today. Uh, you're special. You're a special group of people and a wonderful church family. This past week, I was, I was catching up with, um, with Stephen and Crystal Adams. Um, I, don't, uh, I know some, most of you remember who they are, um, Aaron and Jacqueline, their children. Uh, but they, they were part of this church for six or seven years and, and, and a great, great uh, family. Um, uh, but, but they had to move back, back home earlier this year in Union, South Carolina. And uh, when Stephen told me that they were moving, um, he said that, that they planned on still coming here. And I knew that would be very short-lived. That's an hour trip. Um, and you have to be like the most devoted uh, to, to be here, you know, to be here like that. And so I encouraged them, uh, not to shoo them away, but I encouraged them to find a home church um, there uh, in Union. But I, I was talking to them this week, and, and I asked, I said, so have you found a, a place to worship there in your Jerusalem, there in Union? And, and this is what Stephen said. And this is what just touched my heart. He said, he said, Peter... Midway set the standard so high for our family um, that we're having a very difficult time finding a church here. And, and he said that, he said of our church, he said, Midway is a complete church. As in the fact that, that people find their place, they get the opportunity to serve, and then they dive in. And he said, it's such a welcoming family. And, 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 he, and he said, it's our family. And folks, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not telling you that today to 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 boost your ego or anything like that. That's not what it's about. It's to encourage you. You serve in a wonderful church family. God has placed you right where you are to serve Him. And so, part of me is sad that they haven't found a church home yet. But at the same time, part of me is glad that you set that standard. That God uses you in that way. So, to God be the glory for that. You are appreciated. So to those who may feel like that your part is insignificant, know that it is. Um, uh, to, to those who may be wondering, does what I do matter? It does matter. And to those who may sit back and just watch everybody else work, hey, find your place, serve, allow the Lord to, allow the Lord to use you. And, and for those who continue to serve selflessly and tirelessly, do it for the glory of God. Okay, don't, don't lose heart. And so I, I, just, I just pray that you would be encouraged in knowing that today. I, I love you. I'm, I'm proud to be a part uh, of this church family, and, and thank you for all that you do. And then there's another area that I wanted to share with you today, and here's this thing. And I, I know this is, this is very uh, true with the word that we're going to read um, today. All around you this morning, 
um, are, are a, a manifold. You remember last week we talked about the word manifold means, uh, means uh, uh, all kinds of colors, uh, an array of different things. Well, there's a, there's a manifold or an array uh, of circumstances in the room. And, and, and people are going through, uh, through things of all kinds. And some of the things that, that you might be facing today are heavy and, and burdensome and tiresome and deep and the struggle. And, and it's easy. It's easy to do it. It's easy to hide behind a, a church outfit on a Sunday morning, one hour a week. And, and people, you know, people ask how you're doing and things. And you just say, I'm, I'm doing great, you know. Uh, uh, but, uh, but, but inside, but inside, you're in pieces. You, you hurt, you're, you're struggling, you're battling, your heart is heavy. Uh, there, there are others who, who are facing unknown circumstances today, unknown trials today. And, and so you might, await, you might await news or test results. You might await outcomes. You might be awaiting uh, provision in, in areas that, that you have need. And, and you're searching for peace today. You're, you're searching for confirmation, affirmation. You're, you're searching for direction. You're searching for the way. You're searching for an open door. You're, you're looking for a closed door. There are some who are, who are tired today, and, and you're weary. And not, you're not tired just because it's 8-something in the morning, but you're, you're, actually, you're actually weary today because life has been some kind of fierce for you lately. Maybe you're overworked. Maybe you're unnoticed. Maybe you feel unappreciated or tired or exhausted in every room. Your life may be like mine sometimes, and you feel like there's never enough time, right? You want those 26-hour days at times. There's always something to do. There's always somewhere to go. There's always someone in need. And you feel that weight. You feel that pressure, and you hope that it gets easier. Uh, but you don't want all of that to collapse on you at the same time. There are some whose today heart is broken. Death, I think about um, Scott Bridgman this morning. His father passed away yesterday. Um, there are those who, who, are, who are undergoing loss. Some, some are battling sin. Some are battling mistreatment. Some are battling heartache, lostness, and brokenness. And there are some today who really do struggle in their relationship with God. You go through all these things and you doubt his presence and you doubt his goodness and you doubt his care and his power and his ability. You doubt maybe his salvation and his very existence. And I want to encourage those today that are in that valley and those that are in those trials and those struggles and those who may not, who may not, uh, who may not be in those low moments but in those high moments, I encourage those today to be the church. Love on those who are in need. Care for each other. Notice each other. All around you, there's a different array, diverse circumstances, difficult circumstances. So pray. Love each other. Be there. Care. And for those who are facing various trials, God has a word for you today, too. If there was um, a continuous theme in the book of First Peter, it was this theme of Christian suffering, long-suffering. And, and just for your information, Peter canvases that theme 21 times in five chapters, just a few pages. He talks about trial and suffering 21 times in one letter. If you speak of a subject a few times, you know, you, you may want to pay attention. But if somebody covers a theme 21 times in one letter, we'd better be paying attention, right? And, 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 so, and so even more so, this, is, this theme of suffering is written to a large group of people, okay? A, a large group of, of believers. They're Christians in the first century, 
And, and so Christians are not immune to any of, any of our suffering. And, and Scripture does not ignore the fact that people hurt, that people go through trying times. Just because we have Jesus, it doesn't mean that our lives are free from hardship. It doesn't mean that our lives are free from trial. It doesn't mean that our lives are free from pain or suffering or loss. And so if you're suffering today, I, I'm praying that today's message will encourage you to see and hear from God. Hear his heart on the matter and, and, and allow him to minister to your heart. Allow him to speak to your heart. And I'm going to pray for peace. I'm going to pray for you to be content. I'm going to pray that you're going to face it with hope. And, and, and if you aren't suffering at the moment, don't worry. <laughs> One day it will happen. <laughs> All right? Uh, that, that's, not, that's not to bring you down, but somehow, some way, through life, we go through hard times. Sometimes you're able to see it coming. Sometimes it blindsides you. But listen to the Word of God today. Hear it and apply it. Let's read together 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. Peter writes, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Just, just a note here on verse 12. That word fiery trial couldn't have been more perfect for those believers because they had, a, they had an emperor, a, uh, his name was Nero. Um, this guy was a lunatic. And he hated Christians. And, 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 and so the city, uh, the city of Rome actually, um, the, city, the city burned in the year 64. And, uh, and, and so a lot of people believe that Nero actually started the fire just as a means of persecuting the Christians. But he blamed the city's burning on, on the Christians. So how fitting would it have been for Peter to write, you know, this, this, don't, don't consider it strange. The fiery trial, what a choice of words. The fiery trial, which is to try you, as if some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Tonight, we're going to talk about the reasons that we go through suffering, and there are various reasons. But in verse, verse 15, he says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Here it is. Let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Folks, we are set apart in the faithfulness of the Lord. We are set apart in the care of the Lord. He has not forgotten you. And he has not forgotten you in the midst of your trial and your circumstances. As a matter of fact, he knows all about it. And, and so remember, folks, the circumstance of Peter's original audience. Uh, uh, to those who may not be you know, aware, you know, this is a letter, a letter that the apostle Peter, the, the, the follower, the, the disciple of Jesus, who lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, saw Jesus die, 
saw the resurrected Christ, saw Christ ascended, the, the one who forgave him. This is, this is a, a, a born-again Christian who is writing to Christian men, writing to Christian women and children who are up against a wall of challenges and heartaches and dangers and trials. First century Christianity was not for the weak at heart. Following Jesus was not just a Sunday decision. Okay, it was a commitment for a lifetime. Uh, they, they, these folks, they had counted the cost. They, they had taken up their cross. They, they, were, they were forsaking everything to follow Christ no matter what. And in the first century, following Jesus came with serious challenges. We, we, don't, we don't really know the weight, to be honest, of their challenges. Living where we do. Living how we do. Li- living when we do. And, and that's not a complaint, by the way. You will never hear Peter pray for persecution to happen here. It's not a complaint. But here in the United States, you just don't experience widespread persecution like these folks did. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. But we've never experienced the pain that these believers were going through to the degree that they did. But Peter's writing to believers who understood and knew what it was like to go through a fiery trial. And here we see three notes to make about suffering. But I don't want today's message to, um, to be about suffering. I want today's message to be about the Lord God in your suffering. We're going, to take a, we're going to take a different approach to this text. We've read about suffering before. We've talked about suffering before several times. We've read it several times in this book. But let's see what the Lord can do in those circumstances. So, so I want to make just one note today to you for you to remember, and that is this. Note the reality of God's faithfulness in the midst of suffering. Note the reality of God's faithfulness in the midst of suffering. I want to hone in on just the first part of verse 12. And you're going to see why here in a moment. The first part of verse 12, he says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. I absolutely love the way that Peter starts verse 12. He could have just said, uh, you know what, don't be surprised that you're going through these things. Suffering happens, hardship happens. He could have said, get over it. These things are going to happen. How, how, does he start, how, how does he start verse 12? What does he call them? He says, beloved. Beloved. Folks, this is a word of comfort, the word beloved. This is a tender-hearted word. This is a word of compassion. This is a word of affection, deep care. I'm not so sure that the believers that, that Peter was writing to expected the hardship that they were, that were going through at first. It's possible that, that, uh, that, that, that they did. But listen, they, they one day are following Jesus and the next day, they're being killed for their faith. The next day, they're being hurt. They decide to follow Christ, and then all of a sudden, the place blows up, so to speak. It is very possible that the reason Peter says, don't be surprised, was that they were surprised. They were overwhelmed. They, they were shocked. They, they were troubled. By the way, uh, when, you, when, you see, um, when you see in verse 12, do not think it's strange. The word strange can be translated shocked or super shocked. Surprised, confused, 
But the fact that they were going through this time, they weren't surprised. And Peter says, don't be. Has that ever happened to you before? Have you ever, uh, have you ever went through something or received news of something that just knocked you off your feet? Like, like they said it to you and, and you couldn't believe that the words were being said to you. Uh, news of tragedy. Every time I hear about things like yesterday in Texas, blows me away. It doesn't surprise me by the sin that's in the world. It surprises me of how evil humanity is. It, it, it throws you for a loop. Have you ever been through a time of sorrow or illness? And you're, and you're wondering, where did this come from? Uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, someone passes away and you're completely devastated by it. Maybe you have a friend who's going through the same thing. Oftentimes, things like this happen and it makes us wonder and, and question, what in the world is going on? I, I can't believe this. It can leave you shocked, super shocked. It, it can leave you heartbroken. It can also cause you to be tempted to doubt the Lord's faithfulness, to doubt the Lord's presence, to doubt the Lord's work in the situation. But Peter here says a word that just comforts our heart today. He says, beloved, beloved. We get our Greek word agape from this word, beloved. It's actually the word agapetos that's used here. The word agape, as you know, is the deepest form of love, expression of love used throughout the New Testament. This is a love that is uh, not ordinary, okay, in the sense this is a unique love. This word, this word describes how much the Lord loves you. It's not brotherly love. It's not a romantic love. It's not a circumstantial love. This is a love that's after your heart. This is a sacrificial, unconditional, Christ-like love. And that's exactly how Peter chooses to reach out to this congregation during this time. He says, I, I know you are going through a fiery trial you're going through a hard time right now and it might seem to have thrown you a deep deep blow but but listen you are loved he could have just said you're going through a trial hey that's life get used to it peter is a pastor and he says from the first i need you to understand you are beloved you've not been forgotten about you are still the Lord's beloved. He, he loves you with an unfailing love. He loves you with an unconditional love. He loves you with the deepest, most sacrificial, life-giving, salvation-giving love. That is the reality of the faithfulness of God in a trial. Yes, pain is real and, and suffering is real. And cries for relief, that happens. And oftentimes what we do, and it's just in our human nature to do it, we get bad news, we go through struggles, we go through trials, and our hearts just say, Lord, remove it. Take the circumstance from me. Take, take the struggle away. Take the trials away. We, we all have done that. I, I've done that. You have done that. And, and we certainly know the pain. We certainly know what it's like to struggle. In this case, it's persecution. And, and Peter says, hey, it's going to happen. It's going to come. That's why he says, don't think it's strange 
that this is happening. Expect suffering, beloved. Expect pain, beloved. Expect persecution, beloved. Listen, in their day, the gospel offended people. And, and, And when the gospel offends people, persecution happens. And Peter reminds them, though, you know, you can be doing everything right. You can be living right. You can be doing all that you can for the Lord. You can be about the best of things. You can live a righteous and holy life and still go through hard times. And Peter says, don't think it's strange. Don't think it a shock. Don't think it a surprise. Don't think it weird. Don't think it bizarre or unusual. That suffering happens. It's common. It happens to everybody. Believer, non-believer alike. Don't hear me wrong. I'm not, I'm not making light of what you're going through or what you face. But here's what I want you to understand. We should not the, let the reality of our suffering, we should not let the reality of our fiery trial, we should not let the reality of our, of our, of our fierce trial overshadow the faithful hand of God in your life. He calls you beloved, and he still calls you beloved. Isn't that a strong word? Isn't that a beautiful, safe word? Peter is a pastor Okay, an apostle, a, a pastor to these people. And, and, and in, this, in this moment, he is ministering to his flock. His heart is wide open for those who are going through a storm. But, but, but he's saying to them, you're going through a storm. I know the master of the storm. Okay, And in times of suffering... The Lord is light and salvation and truth. Our hope is not in what we can do about it. Our hope is in who we know who can do something about it. Our hope is in him. We are his beloved. Our hope rests on his steadfast, constant faithfulness. And I want you to remember this today. God is not weakened by what weakens us. And he's not confused or shocked by what shocks or confused us. And he does not fear or, or become anxious like we do at times. And he never makes bad decisions, okay? He's never out of, he's never out of control. Uh, his choices are not made out of haste. He never wants to, uh, he never, he never wants to just, to just settle, okay? God is faithful, and, and, and he, is, he is with us, and, and he is limitless, and he is able to do anything. Don't forget that as you go through times of trial and suffering. And God has absolute authority and absolute power. God has absolute dominion over any circumstance that we face in this life. And what's even best about it, and this is what I've been just so caught up on is verse 12. What's even best about it, he still loves you through it. God is good, isn't he? He is faithful in the midst of the suffering. He loves you. He loves you. Don't forget that. As you go through trying times in life, rest in that. I heard a really... um, powerful word this week in chapel at the bible college that i teach at fruitland 
and uh, we were in the 23rd Psalm, and uh, he, he went through the Psalm, and he just, he talked about how, how sheep had to find their rest in the shepherd. And, and, and one of the questions that have stuck out to me is, is that the, he, he, he asked, he said, are you, he asked the question, are you tired? Are you weary? Do you have, do you have plenty of rest? And the speaker that day said, the reason that we don't rest is because we don't allow the Lord to be our shepherd. That's the only reason that we don't have rest, is that God isn't truly our shepherd. We are his beloved, folks. Rest in that. You are adored by him. You are loved by him. And, and there's not a thing that you're going through that he hasn't faced, that he doesn't know about, that he won't walk with you through. You are his child, his beloved. He cares. He is with you. He has not forgotten you, and he never will. You're his beloved. I don't know who needed to hear that today. Maybe I just needed to hear that today. Maybe there's somebody in your life that needs to hear that today. You can come alongside of them and just say, you're his beloved. Don't think it's strange. Don't think it a surprise by what you're going through. God is faithful. Rest in that. Are you burdened today? I'm asking you some questions. Are, are, you, are you hurt today? Do you need to rest in the Lord? Because his word says, his word says through this text, he's there. He's faithful. And we, we have a choice in the matter. We, we can choose to give this situation to a God who already has control. <laughs> or we can fight him. <laughs> we can resist him. We can try to do things our way. We can, we can live a life of complete unrest. <laughs> or we can rest in his faithfulness. God is good. Even when the circumstances don't feel good. And, and there is nothing you face. There, there is not a struggle, a trial, or a moment of suffering that he can't be called upon today to help you with. I do know this. We can pray about it, can't we? We can pray about it. We, 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 can, we can bring our needs and our hearts, our hurts over to Jesus, who is also our beloved. And we can cry out to him for help. And we're going to do that today. And folks, if you're able to do this, don't forget, don't forget the person that's near you. As a matter of fact, one of the best things that, that you can do today in response to this message is to act. Could you, could you take mom, a moment today in the invitation time and, and, and write down two or three people's names that, that come to the top of your head this week that you know that needs prayer? that might need a, a loving arm, that might just need to hear you say, I'm here, I'm here. Can we love on each other this week? I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to rest in the care of the Lord, but encourage others to rest in that care too. Let me pray for you today. Father, I am so, so overwhelmed by the fact that I am your beloved. That means so much to me. I think it's very fitting that the Apostle Peter was moved of the Holy Spirit to write that one word. It changes the course of the rest of chapter 4 and leads into chapter 5. We're your beloved. Sure, we go through trials and hardships and sufferings, and there are a lot of reasons for it. Tonight, we, we, we will talk about those reasons. But God, even if we don't know the reason, 
we know you are constant. We know that your character is always pure and true and righteous and good. We know, Lord, that your plan is for your glory and for your good. We know, God, that whatever we face, it's not by surprise. It's not by your surprise. Neither should we be surprised. I know in our hearts and I know in our humanity we do it. I get it. But that does not relinquish power and authority and control from you. You, God, are in our circumstances. You, you move. You minister. You make yourself known. And sometimes, Lord, you make yourself known in the greatest of ways when we go through fiery trial and suffering and hardship. Lord, I just pray today in in my heart for these folks, I pray that whatever they face, I pray we would learn to rest in your faithfulness, to rest in your plan, to rest when life seems chaotic, when life is hard, to rest when we don't have the answers, to rest when we face unknown trials and circumstances, to rest when we have the temptation to be afraid or to be over-anxious or to be worried, to rest with the results, to rest in knowing that our pain at times produces glory to God. To rest, knowing that people are watching and seeing how we handle hardship. To rest in knowing, God, you can take the worst and turn it out for the best, for the glory, for the kingdom of God. Lord, show us how to rest. We are your sheep. We are your flock. You are our shepherd. And Lord, I am so glad to be your beloved. That reminds me today, that reminds me today, God, you are with us. We're your beloved. We are your cherished, prized possession. We are the people of God whom you died for, you rose for, you live for, and you want in deep fellowship with you. And Lord, I I pray today that if if there are folks in the room that are listening, that may be listening today, And they say, I am not at rest with God because I don't have peace with God. Perhaps someone today needs to give their heart to Christ and turn over whatever they're holding tightly on and rest in your salvation. I pray for those today that are in the midst of trial and circumstance and hardship. I pray, Lord, that you would bless their hearts, and I pray that you would comfort them knowing that you're there. Would you show them, Lord, in a, in, a, in a tangible way today of how you are there, of how you are faithful? And may we remember what your word has said. That should be evidence enough that, God, you are faithful. And, Lord, I pray that we would have the opportunity this day If, God, you give us the rest of this week or you give us more days, more time, that we would take the opportunity to minister to the body of Christ, that we would be the church, that we would be faithful to love each other and care for each other and be there for each other. I am so thankful to be a part of a church family that loves the Lord with all that they have. And that has been their testimony now for almost 80 years. 
we care. May we not lose that in the busyness of life. May we not become so consumed by what we're going through to know that other people are going through hard times. Lord, allow us the opportunity this week to be the church. Let's take our time. Let's let's have time for each other. Let's serve one another. And Father, today, if if there's circumstances in this room that need to be placed at the altar and prayed over, if there are people that need to be ministered to today, I pray that they would make themselves available for us to minister to them. So Lord, if they need to move in this message and come and pray, I pray that they would. I just pray for obedience across the room, God. Thank you for being so faithful and so good to us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to play just a, a song over, um, over the sound just for us to, to be able to be ministered to. If, God, if God's moving your heart in any way today to, to respond to the message, would you come? I love the privilege to be able to serve you today, minister to you in any way I can. Will you come as God leads you?